Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakway. Well, today we're visiting Charleston Nano Brewery in Charleston, West Virginia. It's a cozy little operation and is the only brewery on Charleston's west side. Aaron and I are here to help them celebrate their brewery's one-year anniversary. And it's very cool to be sitting here at the table with the founders and owners of Charleston Nano, Jennifer and Kenny Grayley. Guys, welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Kenny, for our listeners who haven't yet had the chance to visit Charleston Nano Brewery, give us a quick description of your business here and what you offer. Uh, We're a small nano brewery. We brew one barrel at a time, so right around 31 gallons. Didn't plan on having as many beers on tap as we have, but we got about 17 different ones. And make some uh, in-house root beer, but we got about 25 seats in here. So just keeping it small and local and uh, just trying new beers out, stuff that you won't really find anywhere else. Fantastic. Well, we have a sample of one of those beers that you just talked about right in front of us. Can you provide us a description as we taste it? What are we drinking? That's the uh, Country Roads. That's our Belgian wit. It has a Belgian Pilsner malt, and it's it's hopped kind of lightly, but it has a Belgian yeast in it, too. What's the ABV? It's a five and a half. Very good. It's quite tasty. Mm-hmm. How about uh, the color and... Yeah, it's like a golden straw collar, so it's kind of malty. It's not too dry. Yeah, you definitely get that Belgian yeast character mm-hmm. in this beer. Yeah, it tends to don't add any coriander or anything to it. It's just all from the yeast that you pick up the flavors. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think it's a good example that pe- people can see what those yeasts bring. I mean, they bring such different flavors from beer to beer. I mean, from yeast to yeast, too. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, Kenny, I know you're a longtime home brewer before you started your professional brewing career. Mm-hmm. It's a quite a big switch for most people, you know, going from home brewing to professional brewing. And I just wondered, tell me a little about that switch for you. What's it been like? Uh, it's still kind of small for me. Like at the house, I had the same system running there, but I just didn't brew as many batches. But uh, it just kind of keeps a different rotation on here more. But more or less, um, I could say just brewing the same beer over and over and over commercially is different than home brewing because you could brew like multiple just different ones every week. So that's been the biggest thing. Well, Jennifer, let's move over to you. So you guys are truly business pioneers in the Elk City District of Charleston. What's it been like operating an urban brewery here? Oh, it it actually has been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of community support, which is awesome. The neighbors and the other businesses around here seem to uh, really take to us. Um, I think it's been wonderful to see as many people come in from even traveling. We have a lot of travelers that come through here, so it's it's wonderful. Well, Jennifer, what's some of your biggest takeaways from your experience here? Things you've learned about running the front end of the house, especially when it comes to dealing with customers at the bar? Um, I actually enjoy um, getting to meet um, all of our customers. We have a lot of regulars that come in, so you actually get to know them. So once you get to know them, you know what kind of beers they like. So when they come through the door, you can actually say, oh, there's the Pilsner guy. You know he's going to get a Pilsner. 
<laughs> does, it take, does it take too long? I mean, it would take me forever to remember what everybody drinks, but you probably, <laughs> you picked it up pretty quick, didn't you? Yes, I, I'm pretty good at remembering names, so that wasn't too bad for me. Um, and then remembering what they drink, it's just, it's, it comes natural, I think. So, Jennifer, have you had any big surprises in year one? Something that's warmed your heart or something that maybe has caused you, caused you to say, what is that about? <laughs> well, um, actually, um, I think... I think when we had our big Christmas in July um, special, the actually the, a lot of the regulars brought in food for that. Hmm. So that was kind of that was awesome that our regular customers would actually bring in dishes to serve for our Christmas in July. And that wasn't something that you had advertised; it was just something they did on their own. That's correct. Well, that's great to help celebrate. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, I'm glad your customers are fun and polite. Anyway, you know, they don't give you a hard time, do they? No, they don't. They're mm-hmm. wonderful. Okay, guys, let's talk a little bit about your beers. Uh, Jen, from a sales standpoint, what are people drinking this summer? Well, um, of course, our Pilsner, I think, is probably the biggest um, for us. But for the summer beers, like, we do, like, flavored ones. So our raspberry lime has picked up quite a bit. Um, a lot of people enjoy that. We also do peach, a peach beer that um, we make with locally West Virginia peaches, that uh, a lot of our customers really like as well. And I, I just wondered, is there any kind of one thing that you hear more than anything else just about kind of like why customers like these beers? Um, most of the customer, I think they just enjoy the taste of it. They're, they're, the flavor is bringing out with them when they drink these. Hey, Kenny, let's talk about your brewing philosophy. What are you trying to achieve here kind of overall big picture? Uh, just keeping it small and local and fresh and trying to just make like what people are coming in looking for. I even take suggestions if somebody comes in and asks for something. It's like, have you ever seen this? Like the effing spicy. I mean, there's not many people that add a habanero into a beer. So we can do it because it's small. You know, we don't make that much of it. So, yeah, I, I like that. That's kind of a part of our thing what people enjoy and what they want to see and yeah may contribute to that long list of beers you were talking about earlier yeah, <laughs> yeah that's i want to cut it back but every time i go to cut the the menu back and people are like where'd it go and i have to make it again <laughs> that's fair well i noticed that you have a pretty long list of fruited sour style brews what is it about them that people specifically like uh, I think a lot of people just like that we have that raspberry lime and then do the strawberry. It's just like the, the fruits and that's what they really like. And then the local peaches, everybody's really liking that just because it's local. Yeah, that, that people do enjoy local ingredients. Yeah. That's definitely something that I think people like to hear about if you're collaborating with somebody. So that's good. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a group, are, are your fruited sour style beers your best sellers? Uh, I don't know. She does 90% of everything, so she knows all that. <laughs> all right, Jennifer. <laughs> yes, I would say our fruited beers, yes, they, they tend to sell more. Um, the Philly Sours with um, the different uh, fruit flavors, they're not as sour, so I think a lot of people like that because they're not as sour. You have the other group of people that like sour beers, so that's what the 3.0s are. They're very tart. So the people that really like a sour like that. Well, Kenny, what is a Philly Sour that Jennifer was talking about? The Philly Sour is basically the strain of yeast. It's a Saccharomyces strain, but it produces a lactic acid. So it's different from a Kettle Sour. Like a lot of sours you'll see are Kettle Sours, and that's a whole different, 
you add some bacteria into the kettle, it's a whole different thing. This is a safer way and it's a lot easier in my eyes. You just use it in the fermenter. But now I've added a, a new strain of yeast in and it's actually, it, that's hence the name of the pH 3.0. The pH level is 3.0. It's pretty sour. Oh, that's quite sour at 3.0. Right? Yeah, it's a new strain of yeast I was trying out. It's uh, We're going to see how it sells. Yeah, well, I haven't seen, at least to my knowledge, any other brewers in West Virginia or certainly in the Charleston market that have used that beer. No. I mean that, excuse me, that yeast. Yeah. yeah, nobody's, it's kind of expensive. So on a small level, I mean, it's easier for me to, to use it than somebody to pitch like eight barrels of it. It's, it costs a lot. Okay. I'm curious now, what are your favorite beer styles to brew and why do you enjoy brewing them? Uh, my favorite style to brew is kind of like a lager usually. I mean, they're, everybody says they're the hardest to brew, but it's just uh, more particular. And then I like actually doing some of the fruited beers that I actually get to make the puree on. Mm-hmm. So that, that keeps me kind of, I feel like I'm more involved in making the beer. And I notice you do keep a Pilsner, talking about the lagers, you keep that Pilsner here on tap most all the time. Uh, yes, it's like a Czech style 1788 Pilsner. Yeah, I mean, Pilsners, too, they're at a small place like you run with small equipment. They're a little harder to keep in stock and all because of that lagering time. How do, how do you manage your, your equipment use when you got to tie up those beers to, to lager them? I triple batch that one. So I have a two three-barrel fermenters, and that's basically I just keep turning those for that single beer there. Well, guys, you have your big one-year anniversary coming right up. Tell us about the plans for your anniversary weekend activities, special beers, food, etc. That's coming up on August 25th through August 27th. Yes, we're going to do kind of a whole weekend thing with it. So um, Friday night, starting Friday, August 25th, we'll actually have a food truck called JoJo's Taco Truck. They will be here. Um, We'll also have a band, the Minor Swingers. Nice. We'll be playing. Um, so that's going to be on Friday evening. Then on Saturday, um, we'll have another food truck called, it's called um, Fat Llamas, which they're from Ripley, I believe. And then the um, band that will be playing that night is Keelan McLean. Yeah. Yes. So he'll be in that evening to play. And as far as beer-wise, Kenny has different beers that will actually go on through each day. So special beers. Special so beers. Let's, yeah, let's talk about those. Yeah, I have a double IPA. Well, it's close to a triple. It's 10%. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I only did like a half <laughs> barrel of it. It's a big beer. Yeah. So we're going to have that. And um, we'll have a couple different cascales that I have that. One's the, the Pilsner that's wood-aged that so was in a wood cask. And then I have uh, a couple different, like, fruited beers that are just going to come on tap as we kick kegs so special anniversary releases yeah that's no. fantastic and then different food t- trucks and music that's yeah. exciting we have talked about food trucks and music for a long time so we thought well what better way to try to bring it in than our anniversary weekend to see how that goes well yeah and, and utilizing the new outdoor area that you have yes that's definitely. fantastic we're talking with Kenny and Jennifer Grayley here at Charleston Nano Brewery in Charleston's fabulous West Side Elk City District. And we're going to get Kenny to pour us another sample of a second beer here that he's made for us today. And we'll be right back and talk about it. All right. Uh, hey, uh, we're back. 
Charleston Nana Brewery. Kenny has poured our second sample of the day. Kenny, what are we drinking? That's the Raspberry Lime Sour 3.0. Oh, the one you talked about a minute ago. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's uh, pretty sour to me. It's pretty sour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. Now, you say, again, was that the yeast? Yeah, that that's a, yeah, a different strain of yeast. It's a sour vase. It's a yeah. It's one I'm not familiar with. See a three point. You call it three point. Yeah, because the pH level is actually three point oh. Yeah, and and for folks that may not know what pH is about, explain that. I mean, water that's neutral is about seven, right? Yes, this is close to. If you look on like a scale, it's close to like a lemon. Like just where suck on a lemon. Yes, yes. It's or close this to that. beer, <laughs> raspberry yes. lime. I don't actually find it overly sour personally mm-hmm. for my palate. So, which, you know, everybody has a difference of opinion, but it's definitely sour, but I do not, it's not a pucker up for me. So that's interesting how people's palates are different. I think when I add the actual puree to it, it kind of, it depends which one I'm making. Like the peach is more sour, but the raspberry and lime, I don't put as much uh, lime in it because it's sour itself right you know? right and so you just gotta it's trial and error mm-hmm. this is the first batch of the 3.0 mm-hmm. so i'm trying to see where it's going well and i imagine especially with customers that haven't had that before it could be incredibly sour but for me definitely it's not overly sour it's very good coming, very enjoyable coming from the philly sour that's like probably half as much as this it's a, that one's more of a beginner sour and this one's like traditional sour fair enough yeah i think on a sour beer of this sort you'd have to be careful also to balance it with enough sweetness because that overcomes that sourness and a lot of people have in our society today you know younger folks have eaten lots of sour candy that also have a lot of sugar in them so that balance between sweet and sour uh, you know makes it palatable because of that fruity sweetness you know covers up this really strong sour yeah I, I was going to make one keg of just the regular and then I was like well you know after trial tasting it and blending up I usually make like little right. batches to try it out per a pint and i was like no nah, i think it the fruit will go well in this yeah no this version here with your uh the lime and uh, uh, raspberry. raspberry i'm sorry yeah raspberry those two i get more of the lime than the raspberry mm-hmm. but it's very drinkable to me you know it's not overly potent in the way of the sourness of course maybe i'm a little more experienced but i think uh, again just knowing and talking to a lot of breweries and seeing how uh, how they do work their sour beers you know the ones that got more of the fruit in them to balance that sour seem to do do quite well i mean i think you probably it'd be fun to see this i mean you're a guy you're breaking new ground here kenny yeah, thank you yeah it's kind of like a summer beer i was trying to make like a thirst quencher you know <laughs> it's come in from the 100 degree weather inside well, let's talk a little bit about some of the upcoming beers that people might find. Uh, we'll have a double IPA. It's a 10% ABV. Uh, it's it's real, real small batch. And then I'll have October West beer will be coming out, too. I'll have it soon. It's a um, Oktoberfest. Yeah, you know, we're uh, certainly looking forward to that year on September 20th. 5th or 30th. 30th. I'm sorry, 30th, it is yeah. the 30th, like the last day of September. And you guys are planning to participate in that this year? Uh, yes. Yeah, we'll have our October kind of fest beer. Yeah, that'll be good because that draws 
several thousand people mm -hmm. here to this this area of Charleston. Yeah. Yeah, we plan on being open during that time. That way, people can come in and get their beers, and we'll have them in those to-go cups, so they actually can go on the street with them. Yeah, because I guess the the festival district here, you can let those people leave with a cup, which is great. You know, and that's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I think you did a little bit of that last year, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, this year you'll be more prepared because you'll have more beers and you'll just know what, the, what to expect, I think. Yes. Well, um, thinking ahead, you know, uh, are you looking at any future plans, uh, what you're going to be doing? You've been open a full year now. Uh, are you looking at expanding? I know you've talked about installing some little bit larger brewing equipment and stuff. Yeah, I've picked up some more equipment, uh, built another cold room. That was something, kind of a project. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting some more equipment. I'm, I'm not really going to do any distribution, but may, maybe. Yeah, but I'm just thinking instead of brewing on a one-barrel system, mm -hmm. maybe brewing, which would you break your nano name if you moved up to that three barrel or three and a half barrel i don't think i don't <laughs> think we would because i would just turn less batches right now i'm turning like two a week so i wonder too then if you do continue to to brew and maybe get a little bit larger equipment where do you see the most opportunity for a you know for your profitability and things like that here at a brewery a small nano brewery uh, maybe be open more hours, but I don't think we're ready for that yet. We're hoping to expand next door and have like a little food venue coming up. And we'll have, um, uh, we have an air hockey table and two. That's like a gaming thing. Yeah, and we have an air hockey table <laughs> and a pinball machine and two of the entertainment like games. Yeah, how many people do you seat in here now, like in the indoor side? Uh, indoor, I think we can get probably about about 30, 35 maybe. Yeah, that's a pretty good crowd though. I mean, if you're if you had that many people in here, it would fill the room, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. we're looking to have a movie night. We kind of did like a little test on that. We have we bought a screen and stuff to have like movies out in the beer garden in the evening. Uh, so you tested the movie screen in the beer garden. How how did that go with did you have a good turnout and did how how was the actual test process itself it was just some regulars that come in and we were like well, hey what movie would you like to see and one of the regulars actually had the screen and stuff so oh we, nice yeah so we mm -hmm. borrowed theirs and watched a movie and it turned out pretty good so it kind of gave me an idea of the uh, space and yeah how many seating and how we're going to do the beers Kind of. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's also great that you're looking forward to maybe doing some food stuff if you expand next door. So do you have, maybe it's a little premature, but do you have in mind what you might want to do? Meaning, would you lease the space for a restaurant to manage the food on their own directly to them? Or would you take it over yourself and actually manage the food on your own? Um, it would probably be more like us taking over. I don't think we'd actually lease it out to have somebody do something. Like, we kind of want to, I kind of like to do what they call a pop-up kitchen mm -hmm. where they can come in and make meals to either put in a refrigerator and you can come and grab and go mm -hmm. um, type style. Okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah, hoping um, to by the beginning of the next year at least. Well, back back to the beer garden. So again, I know we mentioned this previously about you know having that area 
once you were able to make it accessible to customers. How how has that been now that it's open for you as a business? Are people utilizing it? Are you mm-hmm. you're able to see a difference with the amount of people you can see, et cetera? Yes, I think a lot of our customers really enjoy that outdoor space. It's kind of secluded. Um, there's a little covered patio with some furniture on it. You have the outdoor seating. We have nice little lights that light up the garden at nighttime, so it's very beautiful. How many do you think can, you can accommodate in your outdoor in my, beer garden now? Uh, out there is probably around 25, 20, 25, somewhere around there. And in in my understanding is they they get their beer inside and then can carry it outside. Yes. And there's you don't order directly outside. Right. You Correct. get you order from inside and you just step out out to the beer garden. Nice. So people are enjoying it. Yeah, we have a bean bag out there and then we have a cornhole. Sure. <laughs> we have cornhole and um, disc golf too nice. out there that people can play whenever they want to. Very good. So good weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's nice to expand your seating and give different options to your customers. Yeah, definitely. I think they enjoy it. I, I love it. I like to be out there more, but I'm in here, unfortunately, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> part, part of being an owner. Yes. That's right. If if Jennifer wasn't working the taps, we may not get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Kenny and Jennifer, is there anything that you would like to add regarding your business and your future plans that Yes, I'd like to add, uh, we get a lot of, like to thank a lot of our regulars that come in and just the people who actually support us and show up and just, we couldn't do it without them, you know, and I still enjoy doing it. Everybody asks, like, you're always over here. It's like, I just enjoy it and just want to keep doing it. And I, and I appreciate the people that come in that also put up with our daughter Zoe all the time because <laughs> <laughs> Zoe is over here almost all the time. And I know she can be a handful, but she loves to talk to everyone. Well, so, so it's a process, and I'm sure she enjoys it just as much mm-hmm. as the customers. Yes. And all the local businesses have been really nice to us, and it's just everybody's really welcomed us in. So we, we, we like it. You guys are becoming a real fixture here in the Elk City District, and hopefully uh, people will see this prosperous small business, and it'll attract more uh, kind of business pioneers to come into this district and fill some of these storefronts that uh, have been fixed up and maybe are now vacant, a couple of them, at least as we do this podcast. And Because uh, you guys uh, aren't shouldn't have to be the only ones to bring people into to Elk City right now, but you're doing a great job of it. Thank you. Thank you. We are especially appreciative of your all's time with us, and thank you very much for being on West Virginia Beer Roads. We wish you the best of luck, of course, and happy anniversary. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.